Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, and today I am joined by Endow Wildlife Educators, Julie Watson and Jess Brooks, who's joining us over the phone from Las Vegas. Welcome, Jess and Julie, Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) No problem. Um, We want to talk about winter wildlife viewing, but before getting into that, I wanted to talk about Nevada Knockout because it's a program we've talked about on this podcast and it really encompassed all of the wildlife there is to see here in Nevada. So for the people who didn't know what this was, could one of you kind of recap what Nevada Knockout was? Yeah, Jess, do you want to take that? Sure. Um, Nevada Knockout is, um, it's a program that sort of stands alone and people are more than welcome to or were more than welcome to get involved on any level that they wanted to we had 65 different animals (laughs) that live in nevada and they would essentially be competing for survival and it was in a bracket format so over the course of nine weeks ten weeks we would announce who would survive in um, very particular situations over uh, four different habitats. And there were a lot of upsets. There were a lot of really interesting combinations of animals. And we had a lot of really great um, competitions going on. Different teachers were giving really great feedback. Even some of our partnerships in, in the office um, guys were participating. It was a lot of fun. We really look forward to doing it next year. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say who the champion is now. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, So we had 64 animals. They all competed. So over the course of 9 to 10 weeks, it was narrowed down to one champion animal. And many people listening maybe saw it on our Facebook page. We were posting all of the results. and, uh, and Or maybe you didn't follow it, but you saw a few of the posts and were like, yeah. what is this? But the stories were so cool. You guys completely laid out the stories for each battle. And you guys were the masterminds behind it all. Yeah. So the results were short little narratives that our team wrote. Someone came into my office in the office here and was like, her her Girl Scout troop was following along and she was like, did you write all these stories? I, and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I did not. We all wrote them together, but they're like little creative stories. We wanted to have that literacy component for school classrooms so that they could use it as English and lit and get some of that science in there too. Even though some of the stories are a little far-fetched because... A lot of these animals really would never encounter each other in the wild. So, but that's what made it so fun. That's what makes it fun, but it also is what makes it super unpredictable. And also with that, we did do quite a bit of research to see what would happen if some of them did. And we found a lot of YouTube videos. So I have gotten some feedback that people were saying how far-fetched some of the stories were. But a lot of them are based off of real-life encounters that were captured on... (laughs) 
on video oh. and were posted on YouTube and we just like translated it into a story. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I, I'm picturing it cause I saw it on Facebook, but what are some of the animals that took part? And then, I mean, who took the title? So I guess our top eight would be a good one to talk okay. about okay? because they were in, the, in it the longest. So we divided it into four groups. We had the Highlanders, which were our montane forest, Wet and Wild, which were the riparian and aquatic, Pajama Jammers, <laughs> which my personal favorite, personal favorite name. <laughs> I love the name. What are Pajama Jammers? Jess came up with it. <laughs> I think we did talk about this, too. Jess was the mastermind behind Pajama Jammers. <laughs> so what animals are those? Those are the sage and pinion juniper I uh, got it. transition zone. And then the low riders, which were the desert. So our last eight competitors were the porcupine, the golden eagle, the osprey, the beaver, badger, mountain lion, spotted skunk, and the Gila monster. So those are like pretty solid animals. Mm-hmm. And then who took the title? Jess, do you want to share? Do you want to announce <laughs> it, Jess? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm actually very proud to announce that the whole champion of Nevada Knockout for 2018 was the American Badger. The nice. American Badger. I have yeah. to say I was a little disappointed. You were disappointed. I Ash- thought it was so mean and grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> so we really painted a character. Yes, you did. <laughs> I encourage anyone who didn't follow this to just go scroll down our Facebook timeline. We even have albums. They're in the album. So anyone can still go. If you have not paid attention at all, you can still go and fill out a bracket if you want to and go through those stories even yourself. just to read the narratives. It was True. really fun. I manage our social media page, but I gave Julie the reins on that, on posting those. So I would go in and be excited to see the <laughs> post of the day. So, um, yeah. You had some strong feelings, actually. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, but that just goes to show how many, um, I mean, look at the animals you listed there. Yeah. So, Jess said that there were 65 animals. So, we picked, we had uh, 16 animals in each group. And then we had one wild card matchup, which was between... Um, two weird animals. So we had Bigfoot because there's some Bigfoot lore in Nevada. <laughs> and then we had our state fossil, the ichthyosaur, and they had a matchup. And so that's how we had the 65, 65 animals. But yeah, lots of animals coming together, having a showdown. <laughs> <laughs> and those barely scratch the surface of what we even have here. Exactly. This is, you guys did choose some good ones. Yeah, this is such a small sampling of the wildlife that is present so, in Nevada. Aside from we had people participating on Facebook, but like you said, classrooms took part. So just down in um, your region, did you see a lot of good feedback from students and teachers? Yes. Overall, the classes that participated filled out the whole bracket completely. A lot of classes picked the moose to take oh. the championship. Oh, so that's interesting. We, we were getting a lot of feedback like, oh, the moose, they didn't get it. <laughs> but it's really great to see that the kids were using their critical thinking. They were doing their own research. Some kids filled it out individually, and then we had some classes do one big one as a class. So they were incorporating like debate and how do you make an argument for this animal and what's your research behind it. So they were incorporating all different kinds of um, collaborative effort 
And even with the upsets, there were a couple competitions or battles where the classes didn't really agree, and they did have really strong feelings about who won and why, and reading those narratives was really great. And um, I do want to point out, too, that next year when we do this, we'll have different animals, too. Mm -hmm. So if you had fun this year, next year will be even better because we're going to be – you know, we, we're going to take everything that we learned from this year and we're going to develop it further. There's going to be way more um, things to do with it. You can follow along and there's going to be different animals too. But awesome. The classes down here had a ball. It was great. Mm-hmm. That's what I was excited. I wasn't for sure if you guys, I just hadn't talked to you, either of you yet about it, whether we were doing it next year. So that's exciting news. Yeah, that's the plan. And um, I sent a survey out to all the teachers earlier this week and We've had only a handful of teachers respond so far, but 100% have said that they want to do it next year. So, cool. yeah. So, so you got good feedback too. Yeah, too. we are getting really, really good feedback. Like we're getting a lot of positivity from the teachers that they liked it, but we're also getting, which is really good, suggestions on how to make it better because this is our first year. This is a very odd program. So there's no like, there's no blueprint on how to do it the best way. So getting that feedback from the teachers to be like, hey, like, was it should we not skip Thanksgiving week should we announce twice a week was nine weeks too long was it too short was it just right were the stories too long was the reading level too hard those types of things so cool well I'm excited you guys are doing it again and uh to get people out there viewing animals like the ones in this Mm -hmm. competition and maybe to give them more knowledge for uh, next year's Nevada Knockout, let's talk about winter wildlife viewing. I think people think it's cold, especially maybe not down there in Vegas, <laughs> Jess, but up here, I think people don't go outside. A lot of people don't go outside as much, mm-hmm. but it's really a great time to get out and view wildlife. Would you say that's right, Julie? I think so, yeah. I think I I think viewing wildlife in the winter is the same as viewing it any other time of the year there's lots of animals are even more active than they are in the summer like the middle of the summer is the worst time i would say like even worse than winter to view animals why is that they're all lazy (laughs) (laughs) or like birds for birds specifically like the middle of summer is when they're taking care of their babies and stuff so like they're not visible so winter's winter's a good time and I like birds. I've been on here talking about birds several times. So winter birding is so different from any time of year because you get migration. Mm-hmm. So really birding never stops. There, it's, it's, you can see different types of birds all different times of year. So for us here up in northern Nevada, and probably the same in southern Nevada too, is our winter waterfowl. Going out and seeing ducks and geese, and those are all different than what you would see during different times of year. Just because of that migration. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then also there's, does it, this may be the dumbest question you've ever heard, but <laughs> there's fewer leaves on the trees. Does that help you spot them yes. easier? <laughs> yes, <Okay>. totally. <laughs> I mean, I would assume, I'm not a huge birder. I've definitely got an interest in birds since starting to work here. Yeah. Especially so birds cool like raptors. Identify. Mm-hmm. Because um, a lot of our raptors don't go anywhere in the winter. So it's really easy to see a big giant bird in a tree that has no leaves. <laughs> exactly. That, that makes sense. Like I said, maybe a dumb question. but Not um, dumb. And then Jess, you said you get the question all the time. How do I view wildlife in the winter? Um, and so tell us, how do you answer that question? They... <laughs> 
That is a really good question, and yeah, I do get that question all the time <laughs> from people I talk to and from teachers and classes and things. The biggest thing is to just go outside. Um, I know it's cold up where you guys are, and it's chilly here, too. <laughs> I'm currently in a long sleeve with a vest, so it's, it's a little bit chilly, but... Um, um, yeah, we also have the um, the migration season for birds is right now. It's typically from November to uh, March. Right now is peak season. So the biggest thing I can do to answer that question, go outside, look up, look around, listen, close your mouth, open your ears. Um, a lot of people will go out to some of our state parks, our, our, you know, our lands just in and around Las Vegas and Clark County and Henderson. We have a, a lot of really great places in the city, too, like the Henderson Bird Viewing Preserve and Sunset Park. You can go there, hang out. Um, the more peaceful you are, the more calm you are, wildlife will start to come out and check you out, which is really a, a fun, fascinating thing. It's almost a challenge, you know, go outside, sit and listen and be calm and then see what animals will come out. It is. Um, and I actually want to get into this more right after the break because we are out of time for the first half of the show. But we will be right back. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. I am joined by Endow Wildlife Educators, Jess Brooks, who's out of Las Vegas, and Julie Watson. So, Jess, right before the break... You were explaining how a lot of wildlife viewing just comes down to getting outside and really just sitting there, <laughs> and which sounds great to me, um, <laughs> sitting there outside, enjoying, and then just seeing what comes to you. That's not only getting outside, that's the first step, of course, but looking around, walking around, visiting some of our local places that are really near and dear to us, but really easy to get to, and being quiet, listening, looking around. Um, kind of just taking it all in and you'd be surprised what wildlife comes up to check you out too. So that's almost part of the fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rather than just getting out and seeing something is the, the search and wait and kind of, and I would say that all of that is true, even if it's not winter. Right. Like the, you know, wildlife is still here, even though it's winter. They don't. We're calling it winter wildlife viewing, but really it's just wildlife viewing and it's a year round thing. Yeah. I think, Mm -hmm. I think winter wildlife viewing is unique because it's sometimes easier to see stuff because there's like contrast. If there's snow, you've got the snow contrasted with whatever it is that you're looking at that, you know, some of our animals do turn white in the winter, but not all of them do (laughs) so they stick out like uh you know our ungulates all of our our sheep elk pronghorn deer none of them hibernate so like they're they're just out there doing their thing still you can still go out and see them and they're gonna stick out like a sore thumb (laughs) in an all-white environment just like the birds and the branch or the branchless trees in the leafless (laughs) trees yeah so (laughs) so in um so you're saying there's a lot of good places in Vegas for this, right? Within, even within the city, Jess? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, before the break, I mentioned just a couple places within the city. Um, those two places were Sunset Park and the Henderson Bird Viewing Preserve, but there's the Clark County Wetlands Park and a couple really great places in Summerlin. They're really um, places everywhere that you can go. Not necessarily the Strip, but even on the Strip, we see wildlife. <laughs> really? <laughs> what do we see on the Strip? Native <laughs> humans. Uh, we, go ahead. Uh, I Julie just made a bad humans. joke. <laughs> humans. We see not only humans, but we see coyotes, um, birds, you know, because it's winter. Birds are way more active right now. And we see a lot of bats in the evenings, early evenings, and then late mornings. Um, we just, you know, the wildlife doesn't really care that we're around. They're just sort of, they're just everywhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. You really just have to look. Exactly. Well, cool. And then you said outside of city limits, there's also Valley of Fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's um, Valley of Fire, um, Kirch, which is only a couple hours north, very easy to get to, um, Endow um, has the Overton Wildlife Management Area, which is open, and we have hunting going on right there, but it's, um, it is a really beautiful place to go walk around and see what you can see. Nice. And then Julie. Yeah. So in northern Nevada, there's all sorts of places to go to. Oxbow Nature Study Area, which is managed by us, is a great place to go in the winter because we do get that snow, and we're right on the Truckee River. So not only is it a good place to see wildlife, I know my first time there, I saw a beaver in the river and a red-shouldered hawk in a tree and a red-tailed hawk building a nest. There's so much opportunity for wildlife at that location that is in Reno. Um, our, trail our trail cams have actually caught a bear on there this year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but not only can you see that wildlife, but you can see the tracks from the beaver and otter and mink and all sorts of animals that hang around out there. So not only could you possibly see that real-life wildlife in person, but you could also see a lot of signs of it, too, which, which you are more likely to see the signs of the animals, which is something good to talk about is that um, a lot of animals are not on the same sleep schedule as us. So they're more active. A lot, a lot of animals are what we call crepuscular, so they're super active in the mornings and right before it gets dark which is normally not when we as humans are most active. Mm -hmm. So that's something to think about too. Like beavers are, are pretty nocturnal animals. Same with mink and a lot of our other, other animals that are pretty common, but the chances of you actually seeing one are pretty slim because we're just not, we're not out when they're out. So thinking about when you're going out and viewing wildlife is is something to think about too depending on what it is that you're trying to see so and how fun for even like families with kids to go out and look at even just the tracks mm -hmm. in signs of wildlife that's fun and oxbow like you said is a great place for that oxbow is a great place to go and we do have regularly scheduled public programming so you know i'm not a track expert so it'd be nice to go on a walk with someone that know, can show me exactly what it is that I'm looking at or if you want to take families out. And I think all of that is on our Facebook page. It is all yeah. on our Facebook mm -hmm. events. And um, it, you could also go to registered.com and that shows if you hit Nevada, mm -hmm. that shows all of our classes, not even just wildlife education, but you could take 
hunter education, angler education, everything's on there. So, and we do try to post that on Facebook too. And then we keep saying Oxbow is a great place, but just like everything else we've said, you don't have to go to a specific place Mm -hmm. to find signs of wildlife. Yeah. All sorts of places to go. Um, Especially in Northern Nevada. Lots of places to go up here. Lots of places to go in Vegas. Um, Carson Lake is a good place to go. Rancho uh, Regional Park. Galena Creek. Then, of course, we have Tahoe. There's so much good stuff to see there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, and then, um, Jess, anything you want to add to that? Um. No, Julie, <laughs> Julie did awesome. Julie um, does yeah, a good we, job. We have regularly scheduled programming all over the place at some of the places that we've mm-hmm. mentioned. Um, we have volunteers and coordinators doing programming all over the place. Red Rock Canyon down here, Dahlia Fire we kind of already mentioned, but we're really trying to increase the getting outside, let's go for a walk and discover mm-hmm. type of programming here. Um, and really up north, too, um, and even in the east, we're really trying to, like, get people outside. Um, so join us on a walk. Go to register-ed um, and click on Nevada. See what we have to offer. Most of them are open. We're going to be at Free Mountain Ranch a lot more. Um, we'll be at Red Rock Canyon. We'll be at the Clark County Wetlands Park. We'll be at Lake Mead. We're just we're, we're going to be everywhere. You guys are busy. And that's right, register slash or dash ed. Before mm-hmm. I had said register ed, but it's register dash ed. Be sure to choose Nevada and all of our programs come mm-hmm. up. So, and a lot of exciting stuff coming up. So, and are you guys in need of volunteers right now? Always. We could always. Always. Yep. If, uh, if someone is like super into something, like say someone is an expert at identifying tracks. We would love to have volunteers come out and share their wealth of knowledge with with the public. Okay, and then how do they sign up? On our website. Mm Endow.org. And I think there's a tab, Volunteer Volunteer Opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, And that's a great way to get outside. Yes, yes. That's a great, that is a great way to get outside. It's a great way to support wildlife because you're spreading the word. And I know that Nevada has a lot of, very, very informed people that would love to share their knowledge and we would love to help them do that. (laughs) Exactly. They could share their knowledge and be taking in Nevada's wildlife. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. just the outdoors in general while out there. And I feel like we talk about this so often, but it is so important just how you were saying just getting people outside because that's really the first step in everything, even hunting, angling. I mean, everything takes place outdoors. So and even if you're not into hunting or fishing, um, who doesn't love to go outside? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And even if it's sitting in your backyard, you can still see wildlife. I think a lot of people don't realize that they do appreciate wildlife in the outdoors, but they, I mean, most people really do whether they realize it or Mm -hmm. not. Or it's like they only want to watch planet Earth. And then it's like, yeah, we have really, really awesome wildlife in our own backyards. If you just went outside and looked up and down and around, 
you could have your own personal planet Earth without even turning on the TV. <laughs> exactly. And get the kids off their phones, off, out mm. of the house. <laughs> uh, what's more exciting than being outside? I don't think anything on their phone or no, definitely on not. the TV mm -hmm. is going to be as exciting as some of the things that they could find mm -hmm. in the outdoors. Yep. What else? I mean, we talked about birds a lot. You talked about some of the ungulates. What is an ungulate exactly, Julie? Ungulates <laughs> are hooved mammals. So those are our moose and deer, pronghorn, sheep, goats. And what are some <laughs> of the other things people could see right now that they may not realize are out and about still? Well, really, <laughs> very few animals truly hibernate. So there's a lot of opportunities to see wildlife in the winter. Uh, but to be, to be honest, a lot of those wildlife that are still easily that are still viewable in the winter are really never easily viewable that's true so like you know bobcats are out mountain lions are out but how often do you see those it's, you know those are those are hard to view animals but you know coyotes fox all of those smaller carnivores they're out there they're out there they're busy and that's also where it's remembering that they're on different schedules than we yes, are. Yes, exactly. So if, yep. you need to, if you want to see something, go to keep You've that gotta in You've got to get on their schedule. Do your research <laughs> beforehand. Um, and then so, that, oh, what that, also means that, that also means that people have to like look for traps and look for mm -hmm. scat and look for homes and look for nests and burrows and dens and look for all of those things because that's, you know, that's kind of the like seeing the wildlife there you're just not seeing the actual animal too mm -hmm. that's those true signs, yeah the and signs are everywhere our american badger won nevada knockout is that something those are really hard to spot is i that... yeah well so a badger also lives a lot of its life underground so. yes <laughs> well i have been asked are there badgers in nevada there are yeah. um and actually in researching for this there's kind of a lot wow <laughs> like they're not uncommon but the chances of you seeing one are, are pretty slim which to me i don't want to discourage people from from going out and trying to see wildlife but how amazing would it be to see a badger in the wild because it's not common that's something that is you know that would be like such an awesome wildlife viewing opportunity to see a badger exactly in, in the wild in real life that's another yeah. thing you may have seen its tracks Maybe the den. The dens, yeah. So you just don't know it. So we only have a few seconds left, but what are you guys doing on your next wildlife adventure? So my dog is here now, Ralph. Yay. Um, so. <laughs> so very sweet. Oh, Jess, Jess has met Jess. Ralph. Ashley yeah. hasn't met Ralph yet. Uh, <laughs> no. So I want to get Ralph out on some trails. So, cool. yeah. Jess, what about you? We, same thing, we're going out this weekend with both our dogs, where we're going to go on a hike, Red Rock Canyon. It's beautiful this time of year, and it's not that busy, so that's where we're going. Uh, not into the park, we're just going to go on the outskirts, but it's beautiful, tons to see. Get out there. That's it for this week's Nevada Wild. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Join us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.